What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Run Your Mouth podcast. We're home, we're cooking, we're cranking out multiple episodes a week, sometimes in our regular time slots. And uh, I was just doing kettlebell swings. I should have caught my breath before we went on air, but I like to get all juiced up. I like to get pumped up and ready to go. I like to have all the juices and the blood flowing so that once we get into it, you guys are like, wow, this is a lot of information. And uh, while I'm hot and heated from throwing my kettlebell around, why don't we get started with the topic that no one else is willing to take on? You know, sometimes you got to be honest. That's what you got to do. Sometimes you see injustices in the world. You see things that everyone's overlooking and no one wants to talk about. So it just continues going because no one wants to say anything. And since everyone keeps their mouth shut, injustices just proliferate. They compound and we end up in a world where you just get more and more stupidity piling on because no one's willing to stand up and say something. But on this show, the Run Your Mouth podcast, we're going to take a stand. And we're going to talk about the topics that nobody else will talk about. And that's why I want to talk about the abuse of handicap spaces. There's too many of them. I want to know, are the handicap people pushing their luck? And I know we don't typically view the handicaps as being lucky, but I think in this case, they're pushing a little bit too far. And why do I say that across the street from me? You got a gas station. I go in there all the time and there's only three parking spots and they took up two of them, two of the three parking spots for a handicapped person. And let me tell you, I've never seen a handicapped person in this store in my entire life. They're not going to my shitty gas station for lottery tickets. They ain't going in there for double espressos and pack of cigarettes. I can tell you, I spent a lot of time in that gas station. I haven't seen one handicapped person ever. Now, I'm not saying that handicapped people shouldn't be allowed to have parking spots. I understand it. I even would understand. You wouldn't hear me yelling, screaming, and complaining if they took up one of the spots. But you know what they did? They took up two of the full spots. I'm sure some lawyer called them up and said, hey, you know, your establishment is in handicap compliance. Like, no handicapped person should be coming in here for scratch lottery tickets, coffee, and cigarettes. This isn't the store for them. Let them go to any other place and they'll find things that are better suited for them. CVS has plenty of parking. Now, here's the thing. I understand if you got a business and your business makes sense to uh, accommodate the handicap, I get that. I even would understand, even though I'm not into government, that's not my thing, but you know, government steps in and goes, there's no handicap access for anybody anywhere. We're going to step in and we're going to make sure that people can make use of some locations. Listen, that's not going to be the first thing I'm going to stand up and yell about. But when you make across the board rule that every single business has to give up the majority of its parking spaces for people that are probably never even going there, at what point can you go, hey, we made this spot available. It's been two years and not one handicapped person has ever used this parking spot. Now you got to, if you want to try and frequent this business, what, you got to angle around a garbage can. You got to go into like the one or two spots that's all the way down. You got to worry about hitting other cars. Think about, think about the cost on the economy of all the wasted time, the car accidents that are going to happen, the traffic jams from people trying to just use these only two spots. There are people uh, wasting their time not being able to go in and out of the store and grab quick coffees, ruining this small little gas station business across the street for me just because some handicapped lawyer called them up and said, hey, you don't have a spot here for someone that's never going to use it. Anyone else think like, listen, I get it. Get a, two spots at the front by a grocery store. I understand it. Maybe they need a little bit more space to get in and out of the car. I understand that too. But you take up two of like the three available spots available. And that's when you get people yelling online that this is some nonsense when you push it too far. All right. Now let's get into some news. 
because uh, Pod Review knows where we're going with this. Uh, I uh, I said that we were going to cover this topic online, and uh, listen, in more capable comedy hands, it is doing a Seinfeld impression a hack bit. Absolutely, do people other people out there have better Seinfeld impressions? Of course they do. Do I have a good one? No. It sounds like Mr. Garrison. But when I saw that Jerry Seinfeld was out in Israel visiting and trying to comfort the uh, the, uh, the 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 families of uh, the uh, the hostages, I couldn't help but my monkey brain started going of Jerry Seinfeld doing stand up for the uh, for for the. Uh, um, why am I retarded today? Can someone tell me what happened? Did God just give take away my gift of speech because I used it to try and remove spots from the handicapped people? Did I did I push my luck too far where I took on a topic so uh, apparent that the good Lord said, Rob, you will no longer be able to speak. You've just lost your your privileges. Anyways, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Here's Jerry Seinfeld out in Gaza doing stand up for the uh, what's the deal with all these tunnels? Usually tunnels because you want to go somewhere. These guys are just tunneling to another spot in Gaza. Where do they go? Hey. Does your, does your side suck too? I'm on the other side of the tunnel. Kind of sucks over here. And who would take a baby as a hostage? No one likes dealing with a baby. Can you imagine terrorists two in the morning? Who's feeding this baby? I can't do this. I have people I have to terrorize in the morning. Someone else is going to have to care for this baby. <laughs> and how about that hostage food? Peanuts. You might as well be on a flight in the 80s. You know, they take you hostage, but then they have to care for you. It's not easy caring for someone you don't care for. They took you because they don't like you, but now they have to be nice to you. I'm getting more mixed signals from this terrorist guy. Like your divorced wife sending you hot nudes from your house. I'm totally losing <laughs> Are we trying to hang here or what? You know, I'd like to see that tunnel. All right, last one. And what's the deal with Netanyahu sending money to these guys? All they like to do is tunnel and blow things up. Like a relative who loves drugs. You can't send him cash. You got to send him a gift card. That became something else at the end. But we went for it. There you go. Now we can get into some actual news topics. Let's talk about what's actually going on in the state of Israel, starting with report scant evidence of Hamas presence at hospital. Dude, this is uh, this is taking a weird turn where, you know, I, let me tell you, being a liberal is a nice feeling. When you can just go to the Washington Post, when you can just go to the New York Times and said, hey, I read it in the most established of papers, so I must be right. I mean, this is the way, this is the way these people get to live their entire lives. You open up the New York Times and you go, hey, they got this expert here talking about this mRNA. And then you get to go, hey, it was right there in the New York Times. And then you just get to go with it. What an incredible lifestyle. I wish I could live that lifestyle where, hey, it was in the New York Post. Hey, it was in the Washington Post. Hey, it was in these credible newspapers. So therefore, it must be true. And now I'm starting to get like, you know, just conspiracy minded. Maybe I'm being suckered by this whole Israel Gaza thing because it's like even the news stories and the things that I seem to always combat with, look at and go, hey, this is some bullshit on this one. It seems to be honest and I'm agreeing with them. So I, I don't know. My whole mind is fucking fried on this one where it's like, am I being suckered where I'm reading what's traditionally credible news sources that I go it, like, think about every other topic for the last five years that we've done this podcast. If we were opening up something from the New York Times or from the Washington Post, it was to go, hey, this seems like some complete and total bullshit. And then breaking down hey, how they were lying to us and why it was bullshit. Um, however, I, I, I guess for some reason... 
either I'm uh, it's just total cognitive bias here that I've established my opinion that I think Israel's in the wrong for what it's doing in Gaza. And so I'm seeking out the other evidence or maybe, you know, sometimes you can agree with people that you disagree with on some topics and I guess trust their journalism. Uh, I sometimes look at, look at it from like the even if the establishment's willing to report this perspective, well, then certainly it must be true. That's usually the way I kind of frame it in my head. But who knows? Maybe I have it completely and totally wrong. But remember when they were talking about, hey, we got to go blow up that hospital because that hospital is the main artery. It's the main base. There was a lot of conversation about how important of a strategic asset the hospital was. And then Dave pointed out on the uh, part of the problem podcast that the tunnel that they knew existed there was apparently because Israel had built that tunnel. And then I was like, yeah, and they also just found like a couple guns. Like, I'm not saying Hamas wasn't there, but was that a main place for Hamas? Was that actually the main artery, the main command center? Definitely made you think like when you saw those movies and the Terminators have taken over the entire world and you got the one underground base left that they're making all the decisions from. They really made it seem like it was that which it's appeared to not have been. And then afterwards, they're pointing at random shreds of evidence, like when you were a dumb second grader and you're walking around picking up a trash can and saying, hey, this is a clue, a clue for what mystery? I don't know. You and your other kid have an imagination. You're being a bunch of idiots. And that's basically the strategy that they took of just picking up random. Oh, look, there's a curtain here, clearly. And then look, a single gun and look at this. So that was the way I looked at it. I was like, man, Israel really walked back that story of being the absolute main, uh, you know, the main thing. And so here you go. This is from, uh, well, this was actually from the uh, Week magazine summarizing the Washington Post report. Scant evidence of Hamas presence at a hospital. A Washington Post analysis published Thursday concluded the evidence provided by the Israeli government falls short of proving that Hamas was running a command and control center at Gaza City Al-Shifa Hospital. Before and after Israeli forces stormed the complex on November 15th, Israeli Defense Forces officials said they had concrete evidence that Hamas was operating in tunnels and bunkers under the medical complex, the Palestinians' enclave's largest. Terrorists came here to command their operations, Israel Defense spokesperson Daniel Hagari said on November 22nd, but the Post reported that the rooms connected to a tunnel the IDF found showed no sign of military activity, and none of the five hospital buildings Hagari pointed to had access to tunnels. So at least thus far, that absolutely need to go into that hospital because it was a main base, at least thus far, appears to be disproven. Now, this was an even more damning article from The New York Times. And now, once again, every other topic, I see things from The New York Times, and I can usually tell you exactly where they're lying to you on this one. I'm just telling you what I'm telling you what's being reported. This was a Times investigation tracked Israel's use of its most destructive bombs in South Gaza. And this is above the picture. Visual evidence shows Israel dropped 2,000 pound bombs where it ordered Gaza civilians to move for safety. So they told people to go to specific areas and then they were dropping 2,000 pound bombs on those areas. During the first six weeks of the war in Gaza, Israel routinely used one of its biggest and most restrictive bombs in areas it designated safe for civilians. And so Israel, in response to this, goes in response to questions about the bomb use in South Gaza, an Israeli military spokesperson said in a statement to the Times that Israel's priority was destroying Hamas and questionings of questions of this kind will be looked into at a later stage. So what does that mean? It's a pot like I, I mean, if you guys are dropping bombs on civilians in the areas that you're telling them that you have to go to. You're telling me that that doesn't sound like enough that you should probably act on it now. Yeah, we're going to deal with this stuff later. We've got more important things to do, like bombing more civilians. 
And then he said the spokesperson also said that the IDF takes feasible precautions to mitigate civilian harm. Safe and effective. Well, I write to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That that sounds like you guys have actual. uh, It sounds like you caught us red handed. But, you know, we're still we're doing everything we can. And, you know, we're going to continue what we're doing. And we'll answer these questions later. The, The reason I guess I point out these articles is that to me, you can be pro Israel. And, you know, I'm not I like, I dude, I like the country. I visited the country. I'd like to go back to the country. I think at this point, they got to contend with the fact that it doesn't matter what happened in the past. People are both there. They're going to have to figure out how to live with each other. You, you, you can you, you can be pro the state of Israel and you can think that the state of Israel has a right to exist. And you can think that they even have a right to defend themselves. But I think you can also any reasonable person can read shit like this and just go what they're doing is unacceptable. And I think anyone who's not willing to do that is actually at this point not contending with reality. If you're one of these people that still goes, oh, this absolute like it, it, it like it, that you look at what's going on or you read these articles until they get disproven I, and you just go that what they're doing is moral and you're just buying into them saying, yeah, they're doing everything they can to not harm civilians. I, I think you're just lying to yourself. All right. This was uh, from the uh, Wall Street Journal. Israel eases opposition to Palestinian rule. So I want to read this paragraph first. Israel is beginning to grapple with the problem that after its troops withdraw, some entity will need to step in to war shatter Gaza to deliver food, shelter, medicine to the 2.2 million people who live there. So they seem to be going in there, guns a blazing, saying we're taking out Hamas without any sort of a plan for what they're going to do to fill that vacuum. Uh, and, uh, who knows, maybe they, maybe Israel's got a different terrorist group that they've been sending cases of money into. That's good at distributing money. I don't know. We don't really know what's going behind the scenes, what's going on in in these tunnels. Who knows? Maybe the whole time there was some other guy who would actually take the money and spend it on the Israel, on on the civilians in the area. And, uh, there was some bigger, badder boss and the Hamas thing that was keeping him from him. So now they're removing the bad bosses that we can deal with the good bosses. But, I mean, in the past, you look at ISIS, you look at some of these other places where we left power vacuums. Has that ever worked out? And how do you just go? So like, how do you just go in there and go, hey, we're just going to go blow this shit up. We're going to ransack the place. And then uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out afterwards. We'll just we'll figure it out. And so you've got the uh, American government is pushing, I guess, for the Palestinian Authority, which is out on the West Bank to go uh, talk, uh, you know, take over Gaza. And I love this line because it just showcases how little of a plan they have and how easy their jobs are of just tack on a little bit of bullshit. It's like, just say like current situation plus magical wand equals problem fixed. And now you got a job in government. If you were curious, how can I get myself one of these lucrative communication jobs in government? Here's what you do. There's current thing that's not working plus magical wand equals problem solved. And so here we go. The Biden administration says a revamped and revitalized Palestinian authority should have a role in running post-war Gaza, potentially forming the nucleus of a future government. Sure, the current one won't work, but once we revitalize it and revamp it, doesn't that sound like, you know, the last time I heard that language was from that Bud Light lady, which uh, the internet's so annoying that you can know that you saw something and then try and find it. And then you can only find the doctored and other videos. But do you guys remember when she said I had a clear mandate because this was a fi- a failing ba- brand? I'm going off of memory here, so I might not have it right to re-energize and uplift. And you know the way that we do it, it's by turning it gay. But anytime you hear this flowery, nonsensical language, know that you've got some 25-year-old marketing lady who's overpaid and is just, you know, 
shoving some bullshit right back up your rectum. Um, oh, I thought I had one more article. Uh, maybe I forgot to link it in. That's odd. You see, that's how much of a uh, bigot I've come and how much propaganda I try and spew was that there was an article right underneath this in the Wall Street Journal that was talking about how uh, Israel is actually gaining. Well, I wouldn't say Israel is gaining support. Uh, Hamas is losing support among the residents and that I think 40 percent of the residents in Gaza are starting to blame uh, are starting to blame Gaza for the pro provocation. And I just thought in terms of us having somewhat balanced coverage, it was worth showcasing that stat in that article. And yet I forgot to link it in. So, you know, my inner uh, uh, my inner Jew hatred of my subconscious overruled that thought of, hey, I should give balanced coverage on this other story. Uh, all right. Before we move forward, why don't we take a second and plug one of our loyal sponsors, PremierPharma.com. Guys, if you're out there, you want to get some medicines to your patients for cheaper, some generic, uh, some generic drugs. We're about to do an article about how the Adderall is running dry. There ain't no Adderall in this town, but I bet you can get your Dexedrins. I bet you can get your old school ones that aren't sure. Vivance is expensive. But you're telling me there isn't some generic other thing that will ramp you up to the moon, have your kid focused and just sit in there with no thoughts, feelings, or emotions whatsoever and feeling like they can conquer the world. You know, drug your kids early so that they can spend their whole lives on drugs. That's what I've always said. That's not the position. Premier Pharma is not endorsing any of this. They're just trying to let you know. Let, 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 let's separate me from Premier Pharma. Everything I just said was some total nonsense. But you want to hear something factual? You want to get your you want to get your patients some cheaper generic drugs? You can do it at PremierPharma.com. All right. It's just a uh, showcase more just because uh, sometimes I read things. And I'm just so like mad by the spin. I don't always have the joke down. I don't always have the angle, but sometimes I'm reading it and I'm just like, this drives me nuts. And so why not share the insanity that I feel sometimes when I'm reading these pieces with you nice people? So this is from the uh, Associate Press. The White House criticized the flight and accused Abbott of using migrants for politics. Yet again, Governor Abbott is showing how little regard or respect he has for human beings. White House spokesperson Angelo Fernandez Hernandez, Fernandez Hernandez, that's really the guy's name. Uh, said in a statement, this latest political stunt just adds to the tally of extreme policies which seek to de 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 demonize and dehumanize people. And what is your border policy? What does that do for people? It's like, yeah, when you compare fantasy to reality, fantasy looks a lot better. If you want to pretend that we have unlimited resources and that anyone can come into the country and we've got a warm bed for them, fresh soup, a job, and that they're not going to be taking anything from anybody else, well, then why not just, why are you, if that actually is an achievable goal, why not just let everyone into the country? Why aren't you out there going to the deepest corners and the most third world backwards places and letting people know you don't have to be sitting in this trash pit? Take my hand. I can bring you to this place called America that has unlimited resources and can provide for anybody. It's very easy if you're comparing reality to fantasy to go, hey, how dare you expose reality? Reality's grim. Reality, there's going to be people who die alone. There's going to be people who have cancer. There's going to, like, yes, there are grim aspects to reality. And guess what? If you're going to shame people for actually letting people know what reality is, like living in the fantasy does not help. It's like when you, it's a delusional person who doesn't realize that their addiction's a problem. And at some point they have to actually contend with the reality. 
And if you're the enabler stepping in and going, hey, don't let that person know that he's an addict. Don't let him know that he ruined the whole family, that he spent all of his money and that he's going to be dead in two years. And, you know, the people that relied upon him are going to always hold like, don't tell him that, 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 that this is dehumanizing. You're dehumanizing this individual by pointing out what reality actually is. All right. Give me one second here because uh, we're expecting um, Bobby. The bank is going to be coming on in a couple minutes. He's going to give us the lowdown on uh, 2023 goals as uh, you know, he's putting me on his vision board the last couple of years. And I attribute about 70% of the success I found in my life to Robert's vision board. Uh, oh, this was the article that I wanted. It's just, it was just out of order after all that talk about subconscious and consciousness and other things. Um, Oh, and some lady saying that she was going to, if she sees the head of Hamas, she's going to hit him with the slippers, which is disrespectful, but get a harder shoe. You know what I mean? If you're already going to take the time to see the guy and disrespect him, slippers. All right, here we go. Bobby the Bank coming on. Wow. Let's, uh, (laughs) well, I was ready for you. I had one more topic left. I don't, I don't even remember what it was here. Wait, I can tell you what the topics are. Maybe if you're interested, you can weigh in. Oh. The next one's a good one. You want to weigh in on this before we get yes, into stuff? Please. Yeah. All right. ADH, uh, ADHD drug prices rise as Adderall shortages leave patients scripting to fill prescriptions. And I had a couple thoughts on this. The first one is I'd love to see if like all the Adderall went dry, like all the Adderall went dry. And some guy like <laughs> your doctor's like, well, just just smoke cigarettes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your doctor's like, you know what? Just, just uh, drink some more coffee. Have some cigarettes. We'll find some other things. I don't understand. You're an entrepreneur. If if these people are getting all these kids medicated, they know that the product makes money. There's no way having a lab whipping up prescriptions is any more difficult than what you do in terms of getting underwear from uh, like over on boats. It's got to be easier to fill some scripts for drugs. Yeah, it's like chemical, like chemistry and chemicals. Maybe they're manufacturing a shortage for some reason. I'm not sure why. So people have to go back to the streets and buy meth. Because in my opinion, Adderall is essentially methamphetamines in a pill. Right. I would like, uh, you know, firstly, I haven't been able to get my hands on Adderall in a while. Um, I usually get my hands on about 30 pills a year, which I will take uh, indiscriminately. Here's what will happen. I'll have a couple days where I'm like, you know what? I really have to get this work done. I'll take the Adderall and it won't help at all. And then the next day I'll actually figure out how to get it done. And then I'll have a couple days a year where I go out and party and I'm like, hey, you know, what? let's take a half Adderall. Let's uh, let's have one of those evenings, which uh, I, I'll tell you, as, as you just endorsed methamphetamine um, for all you people out there who like the cocaines, I will personally endorse that. I feel that Adderall is the better drug. It's got a more yeah. even burn. The thing Clean. that you're chasing is that feeling, the unearned feeling of confidence where you turn yes. around and you just feel good. And you're like, I can get this done. I can accomplish this. Uh, and I feel like Adderall has that sensation with a more even burn. Yeah. I mean, well, I know it floods your brain with dopamine and you feel good. You, you're, you got energy. You, you're not hungry. <clears throat> you can focus. I enjoy, I enjoyed my years of taking Adderall while they lasted. Yeah. My experience with Adderall was the second I got prescribed it. I didn't like it. It was really only fun or productive when I was uh, taking random dosages that I was buying off other people. That yeah, was my personal I started experience. taking it. Some of my friends had it because I was in the army and you couldn't do non-prescribed 
drugs. So and it right. leaves the system oh, so, in 24 hours. And, so, so you I just got it yourself a script. And then I got myself a script. And then, but then it became a problem because I'm sharing a lot here, but uh, I just enjoyed it and it increased my performance. So, but it's, it's not sustainable. So it's probably a good thing that there are shortages. These people need to learn how to cope without it deal with life because you can't just take Adderall till you're 90. It's, I don't think you're, it's sustainable. I agree. And it's a crazy thing that I, I think it's, a, I don't know that they've run any studies on people being on these medications for 40 years. So right. it, to me, to me, unless the plan is getting on it to try and develop better habits and then figuring out how to use it selectively, which there's no, there's no doctor in the world that prescribes in that way. Uh, I will say as a non-doctor, that seems like a losing approach. It's just not a, like, it's not good for your health. I don't think, I don't think it, it would like promotes long lasting life and uh, health. And Right. With that said, I am in the market for some Adderall, just some, I, I like to have and it in I'm, reserves. You know what I mean? Like, even if I never take the things, it feels, I used to, by the way, there was a time in my life where I used to keep, I, I, when I had an Adderall script, I used to keep a single pill in my back pocket and I would touch it like the precious and Lord of the Rings or oh like just God. knowing that it was there made it feel, made me feel, I never ended up taking it, but just knowing that I had it with me that I could put, hit that bailout card at any moment. I'm telling you, I would like feeling, I would just touch, I would literally just touch it and be like, it's there. Don't worry. I believe you, you could take this. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I did that at times, but I took it. <laughs> right. 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 All right, let's, uh, all right. Let's, let, you know what? Let, let's finish. Oh, no, no, no. You know what? Let's talk goals and then I'll come back and I can discuss uh, this uh, 14th Amendment chaos. We'll make that the last topic of the show. Bobby, the yeah, bank coming nice. in. We're coming into a new year. You've built the most uh, comfortable underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. You've Thank just you. started a UFC partnership. Things that's are right. growing. Things are going up in the world. So give us the motivation. Let us know. Firstly, I know you're going to sit down. You're going to do your vision board ceremony. And uh yeah. I hope. Am I going to be included again? Will you include me in your vision board? This is the old vision board. And you got Robbie right there. You can see him somewhere by Dave. Are you? In, yeah, right by Joe Rogan, actually, in black nice. and white. And uh, that was a couple years ago. We're still waiting for a few of those things to come to fruition. But I like Elon Musk. But like I, I, drew, I drew myself breathing through my nose. And I can breathe through my nose now, which is pretty cool because I can sleep with my with my mouth closed because, you know, I read a book by uh, Nestor or something called Breathe and that really helped. But anyways, um, we got Dana White right there. So that's pretty fucking trippy. Cause now we, I'm, a, I'm amongst the handsome bald men of America. There's Davey boy. I, Dave did my podcast, you know, like a lot of it's fucking weird how much Lex Friedman mentioned us recently again. Uh, I don't have a plane yet. But I would like a plane. I would like because then I could come see you up in New York for the for the night and come back or go, you know. Dude, if you can be that rich friend in my life that I can just hop on planes, go see some UFC fight and sit in the premier box, have some drinks with the elite of America, and then go back to my one bedroom apartment. Oh my god. I would love Team Sheath, baby. The Team Sheath all the way. And it's not stopping. We're we've you know, we've been in a recession for a few years now, I feel like, and Sheath is still growing, especially with this new UFC deal, which I feel really blessed that they reached out to us to be their official UFC sponsor. Um, and because there's 
hundreds of underwear companies. So like why this little company in fucking Woodland Park, Colorado, make it a little stir up in the MMA community. They they saw it. They reached out. I was nervous because it was a lot of money. You know, these are big boys we're playing with and we're a relatively small company. And I took that risk and it seems to be paying off. Sometimes the universe will throw you a, a bone, but you got to take take it and, you know, and, and run with it, I guess, because I was scared. And, I, and the test we did for uh, October, November was you could I couldn't really tell right away. Like you think, oh, we're in the UFC on the, in the octagon. We're going to get this huge bump right away. Well, it didn't happen like that. It was more like over the next 30 days, 60 days, we saw a real you know, like groundswell in sales and traffic and conversions. And so just it wasn't that immediate impact, but more of like a like a slow burn and, and the legitimacy that the UFC provided us as a brand helps with other people like giving us a chance. And so we're getting a lot more customers and uh, orders. I love it. So let's talk, let's talk uh, 2024 goals. I'm making my, my big uh, personal change that I'm going to make in my life is uh, no more drinking at home. That's going to be, that's going to be my rule for, uh, for 2024. I'm not saying I'm done with boozing. I don't think I'm an alcoholic. I don't think I need to get it out of my life, but uh, I just think there's no no reason anymore for ever having nights that I'm just at home having a drink. There's just but like I'm just looking. It used to be like, by the way, I used to like to me, there was something nice, like because some days I work really hard. And that was like the end of a good work day, pouring myself a nice whiskey on the rocks. And by the way, I like drinking and I prefer doing it at home. I don't like being in a bar. I don't love being around people or like sometimes I even get home at one in the morning. And then that was a reward for like a good day was you pour yourself the whiskey you like on a ro- on the rocks. You kind of contemplate your day. You put a button on it. You close it up. But when I was working on this end of year thing, I I, I, I like uh, I do find putting those slides together to be quite taxing. And it, like I was putting in long days and then I was getting after it like late at night. And I was just like, you know what? No, no more boozing at home. So that that's that's my big uh, that's that's going to be my big personal commitment for 2024. What are you putting up, Robert? I mean, I've, I've already cut back on drinking because i it gives me i wake up in like anxiety well something i I get this anxiety in the morning like i don't know exactly what it's from when i don't drink i don't wake up with anxiety so i'm sort of just by the nature of my the chemical makeup of my body I'm, i'm slowing down significantly and drinking and then i'm gonna be fasting more because i did it like a three day fast about a month ago and i felt really good so i've been adding that into my repertoire of self-help shit, breathing through my nose, fasting, cold plunging, saunaing. Saunaing is huge. I, I, I have I a sauna love, in my house. Do you really? Oh my yeah, God, you're living never, a good life. I, I wasn't using it, you know? And, and since I've been using it, I sleep better. My heart rate is down. Joe Rogan says it, it creates a like a forty percent decrease in all cause mortality. And I, so. I I belong to this crummy gym. I think my membership is thirty bucks a month. It's LA Fitness. Nice. One of the aspects I like sure. about the gym is that on paper it's got everything. Whatever it's got the pool. It's got nothing nothing glamorous. But then also sometimes on the road it means like there's some states that have a lot of them. So like even when I'm on the road, like I got access to a gym. Yeah. Uh, I love because I, I I hate like 
when I work out, I like, I like, I'm kind of like in go mode. So I hate stretching. Like I just, I don't Mm -hmm. like it, but I love stretching in a sauna. You put me in a sauna. If I can get like the sauna myself for 20 minutes and just sweat like crazy and kind of go through like the whole run of like, I love that. And then if I can do that, like straight to like a cold pool, Bobby, I don't Mm -hmm. want money. Like, not that I don't want money. I like money for security. People like money for like different things. I like shoving it into investments and going, Hey, if I had a problem tomorrow, I got some savings here. And you know, people, or I also invest, I I invest a lot of my earnings back into my career in terms of, uh, um, opening up the studio space. I have a lot of equipment that gets used on the road. Um, I don't make money on every porch tour gig. We don't have to get into the finances on that, but like that, that's where I spend my money is kind of reinvesting in, into the comedy career. But if I could hit a level, like the, the one thing I would love to have in my life is my own fucking freezing ass pool and a sauna so that every single day I could stretch in that sauna for like a half hour and then do like a mile of just laps in a freezing cold pool directly. Oh man. If I ever hit that level of wealth, baby, I would, I would do it every day. Visualize it, baby. You just got to. There you go. That's what I need. I need, I need. I need the vision board of my uh, my freezing pool and uh, and a sauna next to it. Um, yeah, no, I uh, the I, I used to go. I find myself more reluctant to go to the gym because when I swam, I would I, I would I would sauna beforehand. But the sauna is just always broken. You know, all these people are always pouring the water on it. It's just never. And I don't want to. I'm too cheap to pay for a nicer gym. What's that one that Lewis would go to, like Equus? Equinox. Or? He loves, dude. He loves a steam room. He's a steam room guy. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, I, I've sat and steamed with him. I like a steam room. I like. I'm. Uh, I, I think I might prefer sauna because to me it's like the sauna. The steam room is like too wet to like stretch in. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't want to like lie down on the bed or like be pressing up against the walls or like. I, I feel like I'd end up slipping. You know. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they stink a little bit. Uh, but that the steam in your nose can. I like a, a mix. If I have the option, I'll steam and sauna, and then I'll cold plunge. But I have all those things. I have everything that I need. Like when we did this deal with the UFC, which was like half a million dollars, that for 2024, um, we, it was like that was my Lamborghini because I don't need a fucking Lamborghini. I got a Toyota truck. I got a Tesla. I got a fucking beater BMW. I got shit. I got a bunch of shit I don't need, like most of us. Um, I, and money, I put right back into the company. Like I said, I mean, with the UFC thing, like I invested in our in 2024. And so the goal for 2024 is to double our our revenue and more than double, actually. We're going for $8 million. I'll put it out there. $8 mil There you go. Dope, so. Throwing out um, the numbers. I love it. Letting people know <laughs> what's up. And we're going to... You know, the stars, we might hit the moon type scenario. We, we have an excellent plan in place. The team is ready. And we're reading these books, you know, about like customer service, delivering happiness, the thank you economy. We're just, we won't really take the customer service aspect of our company and like put that into high gear. And we always have put it at the forefront, but really taking it to the next level on social media making sure we're responding to everyone's comments and engaging in the online shit. I feel, That's I feel another, like people go ahead. That's another, by the way, just soft thing I'm trying to do. And, uh, you know, I got rid of video games a while ago. I don't like, I, I just, it, I, I, I got an addictive personality. I also got rid of TV a while ago. I don't have a TV mm-hmm. in this place. And, but like, I find the things that I got rid of, 
crept back in with uh, YouTube and with social media. I stayed off like I was never a social media person. I got suckered back in in that in posting content. It becomes in my own narcissism. It becomes addictive of, hey, what do people say about me? Anyone talking about me? That thing work? Am I getting hits on that? I just posted that thing. Did people like it? Did they like it? Did they like like at least with stand up? It's like you get your reaction and then you leave and you move on with your life with social media. It's like it's a constant and it's like, did they like it? Did they like it? Is it getting shared? Are people watching it? You know, like so it, that's what brought me back. And then also what suckered me was like sometimes I guess I'll be listening to stuff that's actually insightful, like off of YouTube, you know, like a, a, like a speech or whatever, which kind of brought me back to the platform. But mm -hmm. I, I find it's almost like the same way if I eat cookies in the morning, I'm chasing cookies all day. If I wake up in the morning and I look at Twitter or like I'm, I start listening to a podcast clip on YouTube, then it's like I never want calm. I'm always searching for, oh, shit, I'm left alone with my thoughts. It's like, it's like TV in the background. I'm always hanging out with people. They like putting TV on in the back. And it drives me nuts because I'm like, I promise you if that TV was off, we would end up making interesting conversation. You put that TV on in the background and like, that's it. We're all just going to be watching Maury or something for no reason. Uh -huh. Like, there's, I, I like I have this with comics, like on the road, like when we have like everybody, you know, they always just I'm like, why? Why do we need this on in the background? It just means like you're, you're shutting to me. It's like you're shutting off your brain and your ability to like have thoughts or to have conversation and just like you're just turning you're turning off your receiver. Right. So. I'm trying to make the improvement personally, but this is not my commitment for 2024. I'm going with the, you got to pick one, you got to master it. So I'm going with the yeah. not drinking at home at night, you know, and who knows, maybe yeah. I'll become a bigger alcoholic. Maybe I'll end up getting out <laughs> in the world and getting back to hardcore partying and it will be a mistake. But anyways, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make more time to like every day, sit down and like actually read books. And I'm like actively even trying to limit the amount of time that I like, I, I find that at some point when I'm reading the news and putting together the show, I've mentally checked out and I'm exhausting my brain scrolling half reading articles and like we're at the point of no return. So I got to figure out how to go. We're at the point of no return and save some juice for like real reading later. And I'm also getting back into the audible thing to try and fill some of the nonsense. Hey, I just want to listen to think time with actual books, which I think is what you're getting at, which I I'm, I'm trying to make this stride as well of like fill the gaps in your education. I, I do think that that, helps you stay motivated. It starts giving you new ideas, new outlooks, like, and, it, it, and it, unless you actually sit down with the intentionality of, Hey, I'm going to make these improvements. I'm going to seek out like new wisdom. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Nothing happens passively. So, uh, I'm making a similar attempt. I, and I, I, I commend you for it. Yeah. I mean, getting a coach for anything that you are lacking in, I've, I think I mentioned that in the last uh, episode we did together. So I've have a couple of coaches for physical fitness, mental and spiritual. So, and you know, um, reading, I, I do, I fucking listen to podcasts way too much. I just listened to the four hour, uh, protect our parks with Norman. Oh, and that's and, yeah. Well, listen, and everyone should listen to less podcasts, but more of this one. <laughs> exactly. And you're, you're at least I like to get my news from comedians. I like to get my news from you. And there you go. Because the obviously the mainstream media lies constantly and you can't trust them. So I and I don't. It's like anything they say, it's like, okay, what are they trying to fucking Yeah, pull what's off? the angle? What's yeah. the angle? All right, so, let's uh Robert, I'm gonna dip back into the show. We're gonna uh, cover some of the uh fourteenth amendment. Before I let you go, 
why don't you tell us the latest winter wear that people can get? I've loaded up on my uh, my Long Johns, which is my personal favorite sheath product. Can't wait to get out there and ski in them. But uh, let us know. And everyone, use the promo code RYM. Let, let Robert RYM. know that I sent you. Yeah, definitely use that code RYM. Save 20%. We, have, we just came out with this new Dragon Scale design. On the first, Beautiful. we're going to have this uh, neon camo. It's like a graffiti paint design. It's got pink in it. It's the first time we've released anything with pink in it. So hopefully that goes well. We got a bunch of new women's shit, obviously the base layers and personal plug kind of uh, sheath, Robert Patton Global. We do a live stream every Saturday at 10 a.m. where we give away $100 worth of sheath store credit. So you can um, try it if you if you haven't and maybe win a uh, hundred dollars. We just gave away an X bar, which is another one of your sponsors, or at least there you the go. sponsors. We've given away thousands of dollars. So we're always doing giveaways so that people will come in. Um, I'll let you get back to the show. Bobby, the bank, Robert Patton, global sheath underwear, run your mouth. No, wait, before I let you go, there's a request from John Smith and he's saying, Hey, Mr. Sheath, can you also make bike shorts for guys with larger testicles? That is not the first time we've had that request, and we try to listen to the people. Former racer looking for a better option. All right. Well, I've told you that I feel that the uh, cycling market's a good market because the uh, when they sell you like the bike shorts and bibs, they tell you specifically not to wear them with underwear. To me, that's disgusting. That's yeah. just I'm not I'm not going like I, there were two hundred fifty dollars shorts that I bought. I'm not putting my bare ass up against this. Like I'm just yeah. especially while I'm out sweating. I'm not doing that right. And I, I will tell like- you that you cannot wear boxers or I only wear sheaths when I'm biking. Like it's not even a question because like I even when I bought it, the guys like you can't wear underwear. It's gonna throw off your form. I was like I'm wearing high quality underwear here, buddy. I don't think you're you're familiar with sheath. That you think yeah. that, that 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 being bare ass in this is going to be better than having everything tucked in place with the nice silky feeling of uh of sheath over here. Um, yeah. I do think that the biking market is actually a very good vertical for you, um, because firstly, anyone anyone with the high end bikes is looking for like it, you know if a person bought themselves a ten thousand dollar carbon frame bike, your thirty dollar underwear that's going to last you forever. I haven't lost a single pair. Anyone who thinks yep. that sheath is expensive, I've I've all of my original pairs, except for ones that I've left on the road because I swam in them and I didn't want to pack wet uh, wet clothes. There's uh, not a hole. There's not a tear. The elastic bands have held up, but I do think biking is a good vertical because it's like a necessary with, product. With the um with the butt pad, right? Yeah. It has like a padded butt. Okay. Well, I I have it written down. We're, we're working on swim trunks. We got socks coming. We got um, swim trunks. Oh, swims. Oh, yeah. I already said that. Uh, hoodies. A new hoodie. This is. Wait, you a- got a swimsuit coming where I can show off my dick in the pool? Yeah, I don't have like the sheath in sewn into the to the swim trunks. We're working oh, on yeah. it. We've been working on it for a while, but they're, they're they the prototype we have right now is looking really good. So it's a really there thin, you go. breathable in. Uh, um, you know, internal sheath pouch thing. But uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Robbie. Let's talk you and I about 2024 here pretty soon. Okay. Love it. We'll talk All next right. week. Bye, everyone. Oh, look at that. Balloons and everything going up. All right. Let's get back into it. Thank you to Bobby the Bank. Once again, go check out his podcast and uh, use my promo code RYM. Load up. If you ain't got those Christmas gifts, yes, I endorse sheath underwear. 
Um, all right. I, I was talking about this on part of the prom, but that's not out yet. So I don't need to let you know that I was talking about it over there. But I decided to go reread the 14th Amendment. And I re realized that the Constitution is written like an alternate side parking sign. I don't know if you guys have ever been in New York City, but you got to wonder, like, is it does this include Tuesdays? Am I on a Monday? Is my car considered a commercial vehicle? How many doors do I have? It's got the problem where it almost reads to me like a little kid is explaining to me something with a very good vocabulary where it's like, and this person, and then that person was there. And then there was another person that was there. And you're like trying to keep track of it. And you're like, well, just fucking tell me who's included in this, who isn't included in this. And so I was reading uh, the 14th amendment and we could just read a little bit of it because it's just not written well. Representatives shall be appropriated among the several states according to the respective numbers, counting the whole number of persons in each state, excluding Indians. Not oh, I think I pulled up the wrong thing here. Oh yeah, no, no, no. okay. Indians not taxed, but when the United, uh, but when the right to vote at any election for the choice of electors for president and vice president of the United States, representatives in Congress, the executive and judicial officers of a state, or the members of the legislature thereof is denied, any of the male inhabitants of such state. Oh, I guess women are included. There you go. You got to amend the 14th Amendment. Or it sounds to me like, I guess, women can include crimes. You see, that's the problem with the way. Or when it says, uh, when it says president electors for president. So does that exclude the actual president? Are you just talking about the electors? All right. And then you also had, uh, this is section four. Congress shall have the power to enforce by, uh, you know what? Uh, it's been enough episode. I don't know why I linked any of this shit in. We talked about it on the last one. It's enough for now. Guys, have a Merry Christmas. We'll be back on Monday with a uh, brand spanking new episode, 11 a.m., regular time. I got a long weekend, not doing all that much, so you can you can expect it. Monday morning, 11 a.m., while you're out pretending like you care about your family and you're looking for content because everybody else is off for Christmas, this Jew boy is going to be at it, all right? Monday morning, 11 a.m., get your Christmas cookies ready. And sit down and be ready for a live stream. We'll be back next week, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, figure 11 a.m., but you never know what happens. Uh, Sheathunderwear.com, PremierFarmer.com, New Year's with Dave Smith. Check out my end of year thing. Next episode, I will put out with the uh, original audio. All right, we're done. We're done. I'm just talking for no reason. There's no reason to talk anymore.